Hello, mamas. We are Allison, Kelsey, and Melissa, and we would like to welcome you to the Unstressed Mama podcast, the podcast that will teach you how to manage the daily stress that comes from being a mom. Nothing is off limits here. From peeing your pants to balancing your budget to working out, we'll talk about it. Welcome back for another episode of the Unstressed Mama podcast. Uh, we're going to be starting a business series. Um, so we are going to kick it off with uh, what is an MLM and all things about multi-level marketing. Um, what questions you might have, we'll answer those. How do you get started? Why you would or wouldn't do that? Um, we're going to follow it up with uh, some business hacks, some guest speakers. And one thing that all three of us do is an independent online business. So we're going to talk about all those over the next several episodes. Um, and for that, we're going to get started with the first question with multi-level marketing. What is an MLM? Thanks, Melissa. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this because I am part of an MLM, as is Kelsey, and it, I really have... Um, I don't know how to say it. I just, it was uncomfortable to join it because so many people have so many misconceptions about MLM companies and what they're all about. And so I love to talk about it and try to debunk some of those things that I hear and bad feelings that people have towards the products that are sold by these MLMs. Because as I look around my house, um, I guess I've been a longtime supporter of MLMs. I've got some throwbacks. I don't even know if they're around anymore. Longerberger baskets, um, Princess House crystal, stuff that I still use all the time, which thinking about that now seems crazy that there was a, an MLM company selling crystal, but you know, whatever. Um, I've got some really cool margarita glasses from there. Um, and then current day, I've got Zaya. I sell beauty counter. Um, I just got some, some microfiber cloths from a Tupperware party. And Tupperware stuff is really cool now. It's not the 1950s bowls that you think of. Um, and I think they were always really high quality anyway, but they're, you know, they've evolved into the, into current times with glass containers and and reusable items and um pampered chef we i i told a story the other day i used to sell pampered chef and it was a very short-lived and unsuccessful stint but i learned a lot from it and i always did love pampered chef products because who wouldn't want to just use the pampered chef chopper to chop up their onion rather than chop their finger with a knife. I mean, I don't have those kind of knife skills. So, you know, I love MLM products and selling for one to help myself reduce the cost on it seemed kind of like a natural progression for me, but I resisted doing it so much because I was afraid of what people would think that they would say, oh, that, here she comes, she's gonna ask me buy this and she's going to expect me to have a party and and I did 
ask some people at first with my launch party and I realized quickly it just wasn't going to happen and I let it go. Um, so I've learned a lot along the way and I want to help other people who are going through the same journey get to where I am faster without going through the bumps in the road that I did. I like I'm sitting here nodding along with everything that you're saying, Allison, because I feel the same way. So it's like, like you said, Melissa, Allison, and I are both with um, a company and I am with Zaya currently. And I hesitated for a long time for the same reasons that you're saying, Allison, is, and it's a lot of the stigma around it. Um, but I, I too am a really big supporter. I have a lot of friends who do it and I try to support my friends because you're, you keep saying support these companies and that's true, you are supporting these companies, but I like to look at it more as supporting these friends because most of the time, if I'm gonna purchase a product from an MLM or direct sales type company, nine times out of 10, it's a product that I would be purchasing anyway, right? It's something that I'm gonna purchase. And if I can go and purchase something from a, a friend or, um, a small business owner who's doing this product or selling this product from their home um, associated with a business, I would rather support that person and a smaller business than go on Amazon because as much as I love Amazon and their two-day delivery, Amazon has way too much money. They have way too much control over all that kind of stuff. And they don't, my $20 purchase does not make a difference to Amazon because they have so many customers and it's not like any loss if I go somewhere else. But like, if I'm going to go buy um, face products, I would rather support my friend who sells beauty counter than to go to like a big department store or go off Amazon and get something. Plus, I know I'm going to have more support going through somebody who actually cares about my, my business versus like a big company who's kind of like take it or leave it. So I've, I've felt that way for a long time, long before I even started working with a, an MLM direct sales company. Um, and that's one of the things that eventually was like, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and take this jump forward. Whether or not it's gonna be insanely successful is kind of beside the point. It's a company that I wanna stand by and I wanna share that with somebody else. Um, yeah. Well, I would like to add as the one of the three of us who is not currently a rep in an MLM, um, the things you've said are all true. I won't lie that I haven't thought about being a Zaya rep or I haven't thought about being a beauty counter rep or a Monat rep, which I'm like the VIP member of for clean hair products. Um, and like Allison, I look around my house and I am, you know, pampered chef. I actually just attended a friend's pampered chef Facebook group party last week. Um, 31 bags. Uh, Norwex, right? Like, I mean, I have all of the things around my house. And I think the biggest thing that has held me back is, you know, I love the products, but I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to be that person that they're going to, she's going to be talking about, like, I'm just going to pick one, like her Norwex again, right? Um, as an example, I don't have one particularly in mind at the moment, but I'm just like, like, I think it'd be great. And I think that kind of like can lead into like the next question of like, why would I do this? Like, it's a great way to kind of build this business that like gives you pseudo passive income. Um, right. Um, so where like, yeah, you do some selling, but you're 
doing a selling and then usually that like you know pays it forward to where customers like it and then maybe they you know become consultants and then you get the people that are under them um and then as they make sales right that kind of builds up for you is that correct in both of your mlms that it works that way um that is theoretically how it would work in beauty counter i however have never signed up a rep so <laughs> I haven't experienced those benefits, but if I were to do that, then yes, I don't, you don't necessarily make money off of what they make, but it, what happens is it uh, totals your, it goes towards your business volume, which can qualify you for a higher percentage of earnings. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. So when people, I hear them complain, um, oh, the products are too high priced because you've got to pay this person and this person and this person. Um, when you buy something in a store, then the products are high priced because they have to pay building rent and employees and you know all of that. So it's not any different. With Zaya, it's similar to like what Allison, like you're saying with Beauty Counter, I think there's like a 1% or 2% commission on any sales like as a team but it, it goes towards your value and, uh, and like ranking. And I, and I like what you said, Allison, of like in the stores, yeah, the prices are higher because of different costs. So the costs are just different. It's not, it's not that one is necessarily cheaper than the other. Um, it's just a different distribution of, of where the funds are going when the product is purchased. So yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And, um, Another thing that for me, I, when I'm helping somebody who I know is a business owner, which seems to happen a lot, or just anybody that wants to bring in more income to their budget, this is something that I don't want them to rule out because it can fit so naturally into everything else you're doing. So if you're a fitness person like Melissa and Kelsey, then it would fit it would work naturally for a fitness person to rep something like Zaya, like Kelsey does, because you're working out and you're showing people your life working out and you're wearing these clothes that you love. And you can say, you know, here's the workout I did today. And isn't this outfit awesome? Um, here's where I got it. And if you'd like to have one like it, you can let me know, you know, not exactly in those words, but it's just a natural tie in or, I've never tried this, but things like Juice Plus, um, any kind of supplements or health-related things tie in really well with that. Um, mine is a bit more of a stretch being a money person and selling beauty counter, but it's something that I've been interested in for a long time, clean beauty without harmful chemicals. And it ties in in that it's an additional stream of income that I have set up and I use it more as a discount on those products because I love them and they are a little bit pricey, but so are really high quality items in a store. And in a store, I don't really have a way to get a 25% discount every day on my items, but doing it this way, I do have that option every single day. And so I use it as a tool to help these things fit into my budget. And that's how it ties into 
my money management business that I can show this is an option. You can do this if you want to. I think you're leading really seamlessly into the question that Melissa asked about, like, why would somebody choose to partner with a company like this? And, and I love what you said about, you know, if you can find something that does fit with what you already have going on so that you basically described why I ended up signing up with Zaya as a rep, because I do have an online business that is based around working out. I, when I signed up, I was just like, you know, what? I'm, I am, I'm already taking pictures of working out. My workout clothes right now look like crap. Not that I need to be like personally like styled every single day, but like, it's nice to know that when I'm coming down to work out, if I need to snap a couple of pictures for Instagram or whatever, like I don't have workout pants that have holes in them. Like, cause you don't want, or a see-through, you know, that kind of stuff. So for me, it was just like, okay, well I'm already doing this anyways. I may as well partner with the company that fits and aligns. Um, but the other thing too, and I think um, one of your posts this week, Allison, because you've been posting about MLMs in your, your money group, um, is finding the company that does fit with you correctly. So you had a bunch of people say that they've, they've had failed experiences with different companies. And I've had one too. And you said you had one with Pampered Chef. And I think it's when you want when you partner with a company that just doesn't, doesn't make sense, it doesn't work. It's a product that like, yeah, you enjoy and you use it, but like as a, as a business perspective, it doesn't fit with your life or your style or your brand or whatever, however involved you are, it just doesn't work. And it just kind of fizzles out. And that's how it was for me with my first go around with this kind of thing. It was, it was like some nail product. And I don't know, like, I'm not a, a high maintenance nail person. And like, I never have my fingernails done anymore. And it just didn't, it just didn't fit. Like it, it didn't fit into my online brand. It didn't fit into anything like that. And I think it was before I even had like my other online business, but it just didn't make sense. But when I, when I finally, and I danced around the Zaya topic for probably about a year, like just on and off, it's like, yeah, no, I'll just be a customer. And I go back and forth over and over again. Finally, I was like, this, this makes way more sense than this other thing that I jumped on, like without thinking about it at all. And it doesn't have to be this like big pushy thing. It doesn't ha I don't have to be that person that, that people like dread coming and talking to because I'm just going to push it. Like I can just go continue going about my day and it can fit into my daily life. Like it literally does. I, I just have a party going on right now. So I was talking to somebody, I said, I literally wear this everywhere I go. Like, it's not like something that I'm forcing myself to do. Like it just fits into my lifestyle. And so it's super natural for me to just go about it. And sometimes people ask about it and sometimes they don't. And I'm not that person who's super pushy and who's that's all I talk about. But it's like, yeah, if I'm wearing a pair of pants that are from the company that I represent, like, yeah. And you say you like them, be like, Hey, you know what? They're from this company that I'm partnered with. It's called Zaya. If you want to know more, like, let me know. It's not a, a pressure high sales situation, but it's just finding the product that fits with you. I think, I think that's the key when it comes to picking these companies that you choose to work with or choose not to work with is there's so many options and making sure that you find one that does fit with you. That's not just the convenient one that popped up first. That doesn't really make sense with your life. I think that's, that's a pretty important reason um, two are pretty important aspect to take into consideration when you are choosing to work with a company. I think one of the words there that 
I kept feeling as you were talking is that you need to have a passion for the product um, and not just the product, but like the product and like the company values of whatever the company is, like those need to jive. So, you know, if you have a great product or there's like one product you like, but like there's a lot of other things that the company does that you're just like, I can't promote their whole thing. It makes it hard to be like, to, to actually promote the things you do like, because you're like, but there's all these other things that are kind of against what I think and feel and believe. So, you know, having a passion for the products and the company as a whole and what it stands and represents, I think is um, what I, what I, this is not from experience, um, but what can make you um, more successful, right? And wanting to take the pictures of yourself in the workout outfit or doing a morning face, facial routine or whatever it is. Like, and, and while I love all the products that I have, um, right now I can't say any of them are like the one that like, I'm like, oh, I think I should like, everyone should use this, right? Like I don't have quite that feeling. Like I like it for me and I might think everyone should use it. Beauty counter sunscreen. <laughs> it's the one thing that I love, Allison, is that I buy it in bulk, which is what I meant to use my credit for and to get more sunscreen for the year. And I missed my window, but, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, being able to like feel comfortable taking the pictures because we, let's face it, we do most of our promotions on social media now and you need picture pictures to do that. So, you know, I don't think about, you know, taking pictures of doing my face routine as an example. Um, as you were talking there, I realized that I, I touched a little bit on how I've been into clean beauty for a while. I have a whole backstory with that, um, starting from when my son was born and I had found out that Johnson & Johnson actually admitted to putting formaldehyde in their baby lotion. And I had previously thought that people who said that were just conspiracy theorists whack jobs and they were right along um so I thought well that's kind of scary that that they do have these chemicals in there and why would they do that and so I started researching and I found out it's not just some evil corporation laughing in the lab like I'm gonna put these things in here that hurt people it's because it makes them stay good longer or things that make the product creamier or look better and so that's what they had been doing for a long, long time. And there was no reason to change. And then I found out that there is actually very little legislation or, or any kind of monitoring around cosmetic products in the United States, which is completely different than Canada and Europe. They have Europe has banned 14 or 1500 different ingredients. The US has banned like 78 or something like that. So beauty counter was a good fit for me. I went through trying to make my own products, which I found a few that were good and easy. But once I, you get into something like lotion or soap, that is a massive undertaking and not for somebody to do that is just making it for themselves. So I was on the hunt already for a product that had all of this done for me. 
And on top of it, Beauty Counter is a B corporation, which means that they don't only use their profits for, for themselves, but they use it to address social and environmental problems. So they go and testify at Congress and try to get the laws changed so that all beauty products have to be held to a higher standard and that eventually someday everybody will be able to get this level of skincare without it having to cost a small fortune. So that, that to me is a pretty good mission and a pretty good thing to stand behind because even though I have figured out a way to afford this and fit it into my life, not everybody can do that. And people are out there putting these things on their skin and on their children's skin, and they don't even know it. It's not a widespread thing. So that leads me to another question, um, more comment why I haven't necessarily joined one yet. And did it just go away? Oh my gosh. Um, oh yeah. So how much time, sorry, I don't know why I had a complete brain fog there. Um, how much time do you need to like implement to start? I, can, I understand like, as I've seen a lot of my friends who are MLM reps, um, you know, kind of have it on like a nice, easy coaster at this point, but to start it, it seems like it would kind of take a lot of maybe not physical time, but like a mental energy. Um, and that's another thing, you know, right now I'm sort of lacking uh, a lot of excess time and mental energy. So uh, for anyone who might be considering this, if it, it, what would be that initial time frame of kind of like absorbing the company information? Because like, as you said, all that, Allison, like I've heard it before and I'm like, oh yeah, like I should do this because I believe in those things too. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I have time to do that. Um, so how could we uh, share with our listeners kind of what that initial time frame might be of like getting started and comfortable so they could have a perspective of that? I think um, it depends on the company. It depends on how long you've been using the products with the company. I know. So, so on my end, I see, it's kind of funny. And I don't know, Allison, if you see this with any beauty counter stuff, but I see this a lot with Zaya is people will sign up. And this is not like my rep signing up with me. It's just on, on team pages. I'll see people will sign up and they're super like jazzed about sharing the product and sharing the company. And they get frustrated when they don't have people like jumping after it for like a month or two. Like I, I see new reps all the time that are like, I've been doing this for two whole months and, and I haven't had a single sale and I haven't had this and this and this, this, and this. I'm like, Hey, you've been doing it for two months and you're like, like two months is not a lot of time when you're doing something like, cause you're essentially starting a business. Yes. You, you are partnering with the company. So you're not having to carry an inventory. You're not having to do the website design, which we're going to talk about on a different podcast, because that's a whole other thing. And you guys all know about it too, but so you're, you're starting a business. And for me, my, I started with Zaya in 2019. And I didn't start consistently feeling like I kind of had, like you're saying, kind of had it like on cruise control and could kind of coast through some stuff. And I could set things up and just kind of let it run until last, it was like a year. It was a year for me. Um, and it was just, I would put in the energy that I had to put into it, which was usually just a few hours setting up parties. 
I am not that person who reaches out and cold calls people. And I know we're going to get into that a little bit. I'm not that spammy. I'm not going to spam text everybody in my contact list and say, Hey, let's do this. You know, that's not how I've chosen to run my business. So it's a little bit different than how some people choose to run theirs, but it really, for me to get to where I felt like I was having a consistent customer base, where I was having a consistent monthly sales, all that kind of stuff. It took me a year to get to that point. And honestly, when mine took off was when everybody was stuck home last year, like COVID closures and stuff. And I had a little bit more mental energy because I wasn't going out all the time. I, that's, that's what worked for me. And I know, I don't know, that's not everybody's case, but for me, the COVID time where I had a little bit of extra free mental space and people were doing a lot more online shopping that's when things kind of picked up for me and I've been able to keep that momentum going. But yeah, it took me a solid year of just like showing up and being consistent. And it, it wasn't like an overnight thing for me. Yeah. And same for me, the initial mental energy required, I don't remember even being a thing because I already had an online business. So I already knew how I was going to do it. Excuse me. Hold on a minute. Okay. Um, I already knew I was going to set up a Facebook group for it. Um, and I already knew I was not going to, a lot of them want you to have a list of 100 and that's a hundred people that you can text. I'm pretty sure that I don't know anywhere near a hundred people that I could text. I just don't. And so I knew that my clients would come from social media and none of them had to live near me. They didn't have to already know me. So I had a plan that, that I would follow the same exact plan that I follow for my business. I was already trying to build to get people to know, like, and trust, and then present the products in a way that it solves a problem that they have. So no, Hey girl messages. None of that. I got one in my inbox yesterday that said, hey doll, I didn't even read the rest of it because I knew. And that's a, I'm going to use this as a segue to get into some of those ickier sales practices that, that keep people away from MLMs. I probably have, I have so many messages in my inbox right now that it, Messenger put them in their own folder message requests because I haven't had time to delete all of them. And they all start with, hey, hi, hey, you might not be into this, or I don't know if this is for you. And nope, it isn't because I don't know who you are. We have never talked and no, your product is not for me, even if it's something I like, because you are just copying and pasting this message and blasting your friends list. And that doesn't work for me. It's, I feel like it's icky and there's such a better way to do it where you provide value to people and actually do the work to get them to buy your product, just like any other business. I love that you're talking about, cause I did the same thing when I came into it with the business plan. And I think Allison, I think you and I may have a little bit of a different perspective than some people who don't also already have an online business. That's not to say you can't work with a company without having a separate online business, but we both started with our companies 
after starting a business. So this was our second business. Um, it wasn't the first. And, and I'll say like from my, from my failed attempt with an MLM to this one, my approach has been very different because I do understand a little bit more how businesses should be run, especially like online businesses. Like you're saying, you build the trust. It's not just all about product, product, product. It's, it's like, I'm a person, you have a problem. Let me see if I can help you solve that problem. And I think part of that too, is knowing where your line is with what your product is versus when you should recommend something different. I know Allison, you recommend beauty counter a lot, but there's also products, beauty products that you really like that are clean beauty products that are not beauty counter. And you are not shy about recommending those to your clients. And I think that gives you a level of trust of like, Hey, you know what? She's not just here trying to blast beauty counter all the time. She's actually trying to help me find something that's beneficial. And I've done the same thing. I've had customers that are like, Hey, you know, this item's not working for me. Do you guys have something else? I'm like, you know what? I actually don't have that specific, like, I don't have what you're looking for, but I have a company that I know that is a really great company that may have something. So let me give you that information. Um, because it is, it's not just when you're doing these businesses, it's not just all about the product. You've got to build those relationships just like you do with any other online business. And if you treat jumping into an MLM business as like, it's going to be your quick fix. that's going to solve all of your problems. It's not like it's, it's hard work and it is a business. Like you have to run it like a business. If you want to have the rewards and the benefits of having a, a business, you have to treat it that way. And if you just treat it like you're saying, Allison, with the spammy, hey girl messages, and you're just sending it out and you're shocked why you're not getting responses, it's, you're not treating it like a business. You're treating it like a, um, I don't even, I don't even know what to compare it to, but it's just, it's not, it's like taking the quick fix, the quick fix pills when you want to lose weight, right? Like it doesn't work. Um, and you're going to burn a lot of bridges. You're going to make people upset along the way because you're doing things, you're practicing poor business practices and you're making poor choices and it's not going to come out to benefit you in the end. So if you can look at it and treat it like a business and say, yeah, to have a successful business, I'm going to have to put time in. I'm going to have to run the Facebook group. I'm going to have to um, put myself out there a little bit to build that trust and that relationship. And then I can go ahead and start actually selling a product. I'm not going to just start with, here's the product. Of course you want to buy it from me. It's no, here I am as a person. I'm a mom um, who's looked for clean beauty products or who's looked for um, clothing that fits my active lifestyle. And here's what I found that's associated with this business. And when I needed something that my business didn't cover, here's where I was able to go find it. I think that kind of stuff is pretty important. Yeah. And the, I like how you said about the, the kind of alluding to the get rich quick scheme. I think a lot of people recruit based on that saying, Oh, you know, by next month you could be making this much money. And there are people who start and can do that very, very small percentage, but for the most part, the failure rate in MLMs is like 88 to 92%. It's, it's off the charts. And I think a lot of that is because the people follow these spammy techniques that they're trained to give and they expect to become successful immediately. And when they don't, they just quit. And 
and to me, so these messages I get, they, they are annoying, but they also make me a little bit sad because I know that these people think they're doing what they need to do to build their business. And you mentioned, I've been talking about MLMs in my money group this week. And that's why, because I started replying to some of these people for a while and saying, just, just sending this messages, do they work for you? Do you get people to buy from you? Do you get people to sign up as a rep? Do you get people to post about your product on their wall when they don't even know you or your product? And most of them wouldn't answer me. And I would follow up and say, because I, there's a better way. And if you want to know it, let me know. Well, I got zero answers from that. So, but I want those people to know that because they're giving MLMs a bad name and I highly doubt they're making any money and there is such a better way now to do it. And I would love to share that with people. So that has, uh, that has inspired me to be talking about it this week and I'm doing a live training in my group, which by the time this podcast airs will be, have been passed, but, but there'll be a replay. And, and we're going to talk about some of those techniques more with this business series, with bringing in guest speakers and talking about building a business in general. The techniques are the same across the board, MLM or not. I think after what you just said, Allison, it's a good time to just mention that you know, what you see people do doesn't always indicate the level of their success. Um, you know, anyone can say anything and, you know, I'll just pull out the term highlight reel. So, you know, not to think that people aren't successful in MLMs because I know many people who are, but to think about that just because you see people saying X, Y, or Z on their page about the success that they're expecting you to have, right? Um, don't feel bad about yourself. Like that's like, I don't think they take, I'm guessing that's like a one or two times that's happened sort of thing versus like the average, right? If you take the average of everyone's first like three months of income, it's probably not, you know, four or five figures. Um, and so not to let that perception of, oh, wow, they're doing this. It's super successful. I'm not sure if I really love this product, but maybe I should do it too. Or like, don't let that like stress you out. It's, you know, just remember the highlight reel. And it's not always what you seem on both directions, you know, for the good and for the bad. Yeah. I mean, starting a business is hard. And, and if you've never tried to start one before, you can think that you know that, but you have you won't know it until you try it and you try 157 different things that don't work and the 158th thing that you try is what works and i'm sure that's behind the high failure rate because you think and a lot of times you're trained this is what works do this and in fact so when i signed up for beauty counter um, Shira, who was a guest on here, she's who I signed up with. She also did not ask me. I approached her and said, I think I want to sell this stuff. And she said, okay, here's how it works. And I signed up and she said, now our, the person who signed me up built her business by taking baskets of samples and giving them to moms in the school drop-off line. And 
people would try the stuff and they loved it and then they would buy it. And I thought, oh, what a great idea. Well, at the time I was doing a lot of dog walking. And so I took a couple baskets to some of my clients and said, hey, you want to try this stuff? And one of them sat there for three days and they never touched it, I could tell. And the other one just said, sure. And, and then she thanked me for letting her try them and gave it back. And that was that. And I was really discouraged. And I, and then I thought about it for a while and I thought that is not my personality. I am not the person who's going to be walking around in the school pickup or drop off with a basket, giving these products to people, even though I really love them. That's not me. And it was a stretch for me and it was not genuine in any way, shape or form. And so that just didn't work. So I had to try a different approach and try and try, you know, several different things before I found out what worked for me. Yeah, the approach definitely changes based off of the person. And, you know, that's something that you'll probably see as we go through our business series that what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for the next. And it needs to be something that not only do you believe in the product, but you need to believe in the process as well. Um, or, you know, the service or whatever it is that, that you're trying to, to sell. Um, and the three of us all have very different approaches to things. And so like, well, we might all start kind of in the same direction, which we did. We all started with the same business coach. Um, you know, when I look at the three of us now, we're kind of all doing things very differently, not in a bad way, right? We're just not the same person. So we have other things that work for our lifestyles, our personalities, and our own ideal clients and stuff. So, well, I think I think with as with any business, but especially with something like a. a MLM business where there is a lot of people who do them, you do have to find your own voice. And it's more important that you kind of brand yourself rather than you're just the product. Um, or you're always talking about the product. Like you do have to find your own way of doing it. And like Allison was saying, our approach is not the approach that for some reason keeps being taught to all of these new reps. And I can't for the life of me figure out why people are, because I don't know, if Allison, since you're doing MLM this week, maybe all of your Facebook ads are popping up about social media marketing, but like, I've been seeing all these, these ads that are like, if you're tired of sending the Hey girl messages, like that kind of stuff, like come join our course, you know, people are marketing using these poor marketing skills as reasons that you need marketing training, which I mean, I don't disagree with because it's terrible way of marketing saying like, let's spend, send a hundred messages to all of your contacts, you know, but you don't, you don't have to do it that way. There's better ways to do it. And whether you choose to talk to Allison who has figured some of the stuff out, whether you have a good business coach, like you sign up under somebody with the company and they're willing to mentor you, um, through the different way, the better way of doing it. Um, or you just kind of figure out, like Allison, you were saying, like, you're not going to go handing samples around, but maybe you can do, you know, you're, you're really good online. You can do the videos or whatever your way of doing it is. It's not wrong. If it's not the Hey girl way, like you can do it differently and still be successful. It's not going to be that overnight success, but I think it's going to be more lasting success when you do it your way versus the 
the spammy way, you're going to have those client relationships where you're going to have the customers that do keep coming back. They don't just buy once and then jump on with another, maybe they love the product, but they found a rep that's going to support them better rather than just spam and, you know, not follow up and not support them as a, as a client. So I think finding your own style and your own voice within that kind of business realm, I think is super important, especially with these companies, because there is a lot of people who do it. Totally agree. Thought I was muted and I was not. <laughs> totally agree with that. Finding finding your own voice, right? And making sure that you're representing yourself. And then those conflicts that you might have, you're doing everything on your own, um, you know, in your own way, then you're not feeling like you're going against your own kind of morals or beliefs. Right. Right. We were talking beforehand too about like our personal experiences with different parties and the spammy invites and, and Allison or uh, Melissa and I both mentioned that like, we won't attend parties unless we've been invited by somebody who genuinely is like thinking about it. I don't do the copy paste parties. I don't attend those. And um, I won't, I won't go to a party unless I plan on purchasing. And that's just my, that's also my personal choice, you know, and that's how I've chosen to participate in those companies. And that's how I've chosen to coach people through those companies as well. So I think, I think you just kind of have to figure out where you fall on that kind of stuff and, and, and go from there. So. Yeah, there's just, um, there's so many different ways you can approach it. And I just want to, tell everybody if you have questions about how to do this if you've been thinking about it make sure that you listen in to our next several podcasts in the series because we'll be talking about some concrete ways that you can try and implement if this is something that you want to do and you don't have to, this isn't a place where you have to be scared that I'm going to try to get you to sell beauty counter or Kelsey's going to try to get you to sell Zaya um, you know we're just here to offer helpful suggestions and, and help you see what would work for you because it's the MLM industry is dominated by women. This is a, an absolute woman thing. There's a, a few men, but it's gotta be in the high 90 percentile that are women that try this because it fits into a mom's type of lifestyle. And, um, and it can be a really powerful tool to help you reach the financial goals that you have or bridge budget gaps, but you have to be able to be in it for the long haul and treat it as a marathon and not a sprint. And, and one way to kind of wrap that up, um, as Allison said, this uh, industry is dominated by women is that we can't tear people, tear each other down, right? We, we need to work as a team. I know there was, uh, you, you guys both did a, a group party where there was like five different MLMs in the party. Um, and I, I thought that was great. That's actually how I found like the Monat hair products. Um, but building each other up, being each other's cheerleaders, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a competition uh, in the sense of like sales rep to sales rep or conflict maybe, um, or you don't want that conflict of a sales rep to sales rep if you're in someone else's party. But uh, before we started recording, Kelsey was mentioning if I'm invited to a Zaya party, I make, and if it's one I'm going to go to to support my friend, I make sure they know that I'm a rep, right? And so I'm not in there like, 
lurking and then they're like why was this other rep in my party or you know so making sure that as a group of women that we continue to support each other um and not you know always like tear everyone down and you know everyone deserves happiness and, you know right. we have, have, have a long that, way to work on that as women but i i think we're getting there there's those steps um on that note too i belong one of the things I did to try to figure out how I wanted to do this was join other people's MLM groups that they had and see how they did it. And, and I had to learn to not be, you know, when I would see another beauty counter rep, like, Oh, you know, I want people to buy from me. I don't want people to buy from them. You have to get over that and have more of an abundance mindset because there are 7 billion people in the world and you'll find your, clients that are right for you and they'll have theirs that are right for them. Um, so, all right. Um, I'm really excited about this series. This is, like I mentioned before, something that has been bothering me for a while with all these messages and I'm looking forward to spreading a message out there that it doesn't have to be that way and trying to remove some of the stigma from this really great opportunity to have a side income or even a full-time income if that's what you want from it. So we'll be back with more and tell them, see you later. The Unstressed Mama podcast is brought to you by Allison Rodden, Kelsey Decker, and Melissa Srovi. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash unstressed mama and on Instagram at unstressed mama. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends so other mamas can join in the fun. You can find our individual contact information in the show notes for this episode. If you have questions about this topic or suggestions for future topics, the best place to reach us is through our Facebook group, Instagram page, or email at unstressedmama at gmail.com.